Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 20th of February and this week's main stories are Fears over rising river levels grew on Wednesday as flooded communities in England and Wales prepared for further rainfall. Around 1,400 properties have been affected by floods brought by Storm Dennis. South Wales, Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Shropshire are among the worst affected areas. In Wales, the MP for Pontypridd, Alex Davies-Jones, said communities were refilling sandbags and repairing floodgates in preparation for the latest episode of severe weather. More than 600 people have been forced to evacuate and at least 800 properties have been damaged, Davies-Jones added. On Wednesday, six severe flood warnings remained in place in England, covering the rivers Lug, Severn and Wye. The downpours pushed the Wye and Severn to reach their highest ever levels on Tuesday, prompting the evacuation of surrounding at-risk communities. West Mercia Police has advised those living in surrounding towns, including Shrewsbury, Bewdley and Tewkesbury, to stay with family and friends or head to local rescue centres. Our absolute priority is keeping people safe, they added. With further heavy rain forecast today, concern has grown over whether flood barriers can withstand the rising water levels. The Environment Agency said more than six kilometres of temporary flood defences had been installed. Meanwhile, the government has announced measures to help households affected by the flooding. People whose homes have been damaged can now apply for financial hardship payments of up to £500 for short-term relief. Community Secretary Robert Jenrick said severely hit households would not have to pay council tax or business rates for at least three months as recovery operations continue. It follows Labour's criticism of the Prime Minister for failing to call a meeting of the COBRA Emergency Committee to tackle the floods. Opposition MPs also said it was a disgrace Boris Johnson would not be visiting affected communities. Presenter Laura Whitmore has attacked social media trolls and the tabloid press following the death of Caroline Flack. The former Love Island presenter was found dead on Saturday after taking her own life. Speaking on her BBC Radio 5 Live show this week, Whitmore described Flack as vivacious and loving and appealed to listeners to be kind. To paparazzi and tabloids looking for a cheap sell, to trolls hiding behind a keyboard, enough, she added. Flack stepped down from her role on Love Island after being charged with assaulting her boyfriend in December. Whitmore took over the role when the show's latest series began in January. She has defended Love Island in the wake of Flack's death, saying, The problem wasn't the show. The show is loving and caring. The problem is the outside world is not. MP Daisy Cooper has also condemned the press in the wake of Flack's death, saying, Regardless of what took place, she should not have been hounded to death by tabloid newspapers desperate for clickbait. The Liberal Democrat politician said Flack's treatment by the tabloids showed the British media continues to wreak havoc on people's lives. She has urged the government to stop dragging its feet and introduce independent self-regulation of online and offline publishers. 
A lawyer for Flack's family said the 40-year-old had faced huge pressure following the assault charge. Her boyfriend, Lewis Burton, did not support the ongoing case against Flack. On Wednesday, Flack's family released an unpublished Instagram post written by the presenter in the days before her death. Her family said they had decided to release her unpublished post because so many untruths had been written about her, but this is how she felt. In it, Flack writes, I am suddenly on a different kind of stage and everyone is watching it happen. I have always taken responsibility for what happened that night, but the truth is, it was an accident. I've lost my job, my home, my ability to speak, and the truth has been taken out of my hands and used as entertainment. An inquest into her death opened on Wednesday and has been adjourned until August. British passengers stuck on a virus-stricken cruise ship have been told by the Foreign Office to remain on board. Two people have died and more than 600 have been infected after an outbreak of coronavirus on the Diamond Princess ship. The outbreak has seen passengers held in quarantine on the ship for the past two weeks. Questions have been raised over the effectiveness of the quarantine on board after the virus spread rapidly among passengers. On Wednesday, those who tested negative for the virus were finally allowed to disembark the ship in Japan. However, the Foreign Office has told British passengers to remain on board, warning that those who disembark may not be allowed to join a British evacuation flight planned for departure later this week. We have the utmost concern for the affected Britons and strongly encourage them to register for the evacuation flight, a government statement said. Among the Diamond Princess passengers are British couple David and Sally Abel. The couple, who published video diaries during their time in quarantine, tested positive for the virus this week. However, in a post to Facebook, David Abel said he believed the couple's positive virus diagnosis was a setup and claimed they had not been transferred to hospital, but were instead taken to a hostel to wait out their quarantine. I really am smelling a very big rat here, he added. As British passengers await repatriation, several other countries have already begun evacuating their own citizens. On Sunday, the US repatriated more than 300 nationals from the ship, while Canada, Australia and Italy have made plans for their own evacuation programmes. In UK news, the Home Secretary has spoken out about the UK's immigration shake-up, saying companies will need to train more British workers when the new system kicks in. Under new plans unveiled by the government, UK borders will be closed to non-skilled workers and migrants will be required to speak English. Those wanting to work in the UK must have an employment offer with a salary threshold of £25,600 or £20,480 in special cases, where the individual is skilled in an area with a shortage of UK labour, such as nursing. The policies have provoked alarm among business groups, with bodies representing the farming, hospitality and social care sectors, warning the rules could cause labour shortages. Responding on Wednesday, the Home Secretary said firms would need to help British workers up their skills and make their skills relevant. There are as many as 8 million economically inactive people of working age who could be trained to resolve any potential labour shortages under the new system, Priti Patel claimed. In an interview with BBC Radio 5 Live, Patel was quizzed on how this group of economically inactive people could be trained when it is mostly made up of students, the retired and carers. The Home Secretary insisted a fifth of working-age people were inactive and would be available for work. Boris Johnson is facing a growing backlash from Conservative MPs following reports the government may force the BBC to scrap its licence fee model. While ministers have insisted no decisions have been made about the corporation's future, sources have told the Sunday Times that the government allegedly plans to whack the BBC with the introduction of a subscription funding model. Johnson is reportedly strident about the need for reform at the BBC, 
and supports a massive pruning of its services. The report follows the recent launch of a government consultation examining whether non-payment of the licence fee should remain a criminal offence. A number of Tory MPs have responded angrily to news the BBC could be forced to adopt a subscription model. They include former Tory cabinet minister Damien Green, who has labelled the suggestion cultural vandalism and insisted destroying the BBC wasn't in our manifesto. Negotiations are reportedly ongoing as to whether Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will be allowed to retain their Sussex royal brand. According to a report in Sky News, the use of the brand on the couple's website and social media pages has been under review since they announced their plan to step back from royal duties. While market experts believe the brand could make an absolute fortune for the couple, the royal aspect of the title has allegedly proved a sticking point in negotiations. One source claimed the use of the word in this context needed to be reviewed. Despite media claims suggesting the couple would be prevented from using the Sussex royal brand, discussions are said to be ongoing. On Wednesday, it was revealed Harry and Meghan would stop officially representing the Queen on the 31st of March, with details of their next venture expected to be released in the spring. The BBC has sacked its football pundit Craig Ramage after he singled out young black players for criticism. Discussing Derby County players on BBC Radio Derby's Sports Scene podcast on Saturday, Ramage said... I look at certain players, the way they act, you just feel, whoa, hold on a minute, he needs pulling down a peg or two. So I'd probably say that about all the young black lads. His comments were met by immediate criticism from both fans and players, including Derby defender Max Lowe, who described the remarks as archaic. The BBC has condemned Ramage's comments and said they would no longer be working with him. The pundit has apologised unreservedly on Twitter and said his comments were wholly inappropriate and unintentional. Labour leadership hopeful Lisa Nandy has said she is in favour of abolishing the monarchy. Speaking during a live Channel 4 debate on Monday, Nandy said she would vote to abolish the monarchy in any future referendum on the royal family. I'm a Democrat, so I would vote to scrap it, but this is not the priority of the country, the MP explained. Her view was at odds with those held by her two leadership rivals, Sir Keir Starmer and Rebecca Long-Bailey. Starmer said he would not vote to abolish the monarchy, but would downsize it, while Rebecca Long-Bailey said, I think we've got more important things to worry about. I wouldn't vote to abolish the monarchy. Votes on Labour's next leader can be cast by party members from Friday, with the winner due to be revealed on the 4th of April. Cases of cyber flashing on trains are going largely unreported, campaigners have warned. It follows the release of figures from the British Transport Police, which show there were 66 reports of cyber flashing in 2019, up from 34 in 2018. Cyber flashing is the act of sending an unsolicited sexual image to a stranger using Apple's AirDrop, an iPhone file-sharing function. The function has a short range, meaning victims are often targeted on public transport. Campaigners believe cyber flashing is going unreported, as victims deem it not serious enough to contact police. Rebecca Hitchin from the End Violence Against Women Coalition said, What we do know is that the actual number of women affected by this would almost certainly be much higher than the number of reports. business news. HSBC has announced plans to cut as many as 35,000 jobs and slash $100 billion worth of assets. The group's finance chief, Ewan Stevenson, said the overhaul of the bank would include meaningful job cuts in the UK. The cuts to staff are expected to fall mainly on its investment banking operations. HSBC said it would be lowering its annual costs by $4.5 billion and merging its retail banking and wealth management with its private banking business. 
The announcement follows a report from the bank showing its annual pre-tax profits dropped from $19.9 billion in 2018 to $13.3 billion last year, falling significantly short of the $20 billion predicted by analysts. HSBC Interim Chief Executive Noel Quinn said the restructuring would increase returns for investors, create the capacity for future investment and build a platform for sustainable growth. In health news, a doctor who worked at the same private healthcare firm as rogue surgeon Ian Patterson has also been suspended, the company confirmed. Spire Healthcare said trauma and orthopaedic surgery specialist Mike Walsh was suspended from its Leeds hospital over concerns about his patient treatment in 2018. Assisted by the Royal College of Surgeons, the company said it had reviewed the notes of around 200 of Walsh's patients, of which fewer than 50 had been recalled for a follow-up appointment. This is a complex case and the review is ongoing, Spire Healthcare said, before confirming that Walsh was no longer working for the firm. It follows an independent inquiry into Patterson, a breast surgeon who worked for Spire Healthcare and is now serving a 20-year jail sentence for intentionally wounding his patients. NHS England has unveiled new plans which will see patients who abuse health service staff banned from receiving non-emergency care. Under current rules, NHS organisations can only refuse to treat patients if they are aggressive or violent. The new regulations, due to be introduced in April, will allow hospitals to bar patients who inflict discriminatory or harassing behaviour on staff from receiving non-emergency care. NHS organisations will be required to take into account the mental health of the individual. The plans follow the Health Services Annual Survey, which found 15% of NHS workers had experienced physical violence in the last 12 months. It also revealed racism was the most common form of discrimination faced by staff, with black and minority ethnic workers 14% more likely to experience violence from patients and the public. In entertainment news, Dave has collected the prize for Album of the Year at the Brit Awards. Held at the O2 in London on Tuesday night, the ceremony also saw the rapper perform his single Black, including a new politically charged verse which criticised the government's response to the Grenfell fire and labelled Boris Johnson a real racist. The 21-year-old is now only the second act to win Best Album at the Brits and the Mercury Prize for the same record, his provocative debut album Psychodrama. Elsewhere at the awards, Billie Eilish performed her new James Bond theme, No Time to Die, backed by a 22-piece orchestra, Smith's legend Johnny Marr, and composer Hans Zimmer, as well as accepting the prize for Best International Female. Singer Louis Capaldi was the ceremony's top winner, taking home two awards for Best New Artist and Best Single. In environment news, every country in the world is failing to protect younger generations from the climate crisis, a new report has warned. Written by a commission of 40 youth health experts, the report has called for radical change to safeguard children's health and ensure they inherit a livable planet. It included an index of 180 countries comparing data on health, education and well-being, as well as emissions and income gaps. This index showed the only countries on track to beat CO2 emission per capita targets while also performing fairly on child flourishing measures are Albania, Armenia, Grenada, Jordan, Moldova, Sri Lanka, Tunisia, Uruguay and Vietnam. The experts agreed that while children's ability to live healthy lives needed greater support in poorer countries, excessive emissions, 
disproportionately from wealthier countries, threatened the future of all children. Elsewhere in the world. Backpackers travelling in Australia on working holiday visas may be able to extend their stay if they help out on farms affected by bushfires. Previously, the visas permitted travellers to work in the same place for six months. New rules introduced with immediate effect will now see this allowance increase to 12 months and will also help backpackers apply for a visa to spend a second year in the country. Australia's Acting Minister for Immigration, Alan Tudge, said, Hard-working Australians have been hit by the recent bushfires, but from today they can employ backpackers for six months longer, helping them at a critical time in their recovery effort. Those employed can join efforts to help rebuild homes, fences and farms and repair dams, roads and railways, Tudge added. Amazon boss Jeff Bezos has announced a $10 billion pledge to help fight climate change, saying, Earth is the one thing we all have in common. Let's protect it together. Revealing plans for the Bezos Earth Fund in a post to Instagram this week, the tycoon added, This global initiative will fund scientists, activists, NGOs, any effort that offers a real possibility to help preserve and protect the natural world. The donation will come from Bezos's personal fortune and amounts to around 7.7% of his net worth. The announcement follows calls from the GMB union demanding a parliamentary inquiry into worker safety at Amazon's UK sites. Data compiled by the union shows hundreds of staff have been seriously injured at Amazon's warehouses over the last three years. More than 620 serious injuries or near misses were recorded at the company's sites. The GMB has described conditions at the warehouses as hellish. An Amazon spokesperson has dismissed the allegations, saying its critics seem determined to paint a false picture. Fertility doctors have hailed a breakthrough for women with cancer after a baby was born to a woman left infertile by chemotherapy. The baby is reportedly the first to be born after immature eggs were frozen, grown outside the mother and later thawed, fertilised and implanted. The immature eggs were taken from the mother, a 29-year-old French woman, and frozen before her chemotherapy for breast cancer began. She recovered five years later, but found the cancer treatment had made her infertile. After deciding to use the frozen eggs, one was thawed and implanted. She gave birth to a healthy baby boy in July 2019. Doctors at Antoine Beclear University Hospital near Paris said the case offers hope for women who wish to have children after being diagnosed with cancer and for whom ovarian stimulation is a risk. Our facts of the week are NASA has announced plans to recruit a new generation of astronauts. The US Space Agency hopes to land the first woman and the next man on the moon by 2024 and is on the hunt for candidates. New recruits are required to hold a master's degree in a science or math subject and must have two years of related professional experience or at least a thousand hours of flying time as a lead pilot. Applications will open from the 2nd to the 31st of March and candidates must be American citizens, a rule which did not put off the late NASA employee, Pierce Sellers, a Brit who became a US citizen in order to achieve his dream of becoming an astronaut. An American woman's high school class ring has been found in a forest in Finland 47 years after it was lost in Maine, USA. Now 63, Deborah McKenna was given the ring by her late husband, Sean, during high school. The couple went on to be married for 40 years. McKenna lost the ring in Portland in 1973 and said she cried when it arrived in the mail at home last week. It had travelled from Karina, Finland, where it had been discovered by a metal detectorist, Marco Sorinen, last month. 
Sorinen managed to trace the ring through its inscription reading Morse High School, the graduation date, 1973, and initials SM, information which allowed the school's alumni association to identify McKenna's late husband as its owner. The RSPCA is investigating after 16 snakes were dumped outside a fire station in Sunderland, just days after 13 royal pythons were found in the same spot. The first 13 snakes were uncovered last Thursday, after a member of the public spotted two pillowcases in the street that appeared to be moving. A further 15 corn snakes and one male carpet python were discovered in two pillowcases inside a bin outside the same fire station on Saturday. The RSPCA said the animals had been abandoned in a cruel and callous way and has appealed for information from anyone who might know about the snakes. And finally, a British army officer has been labelled a trailblazer after becoming the first woman to pass the gruelling entry test for the parachute regiment. Captain Rosie Wilde overcame a series of physical challenges involved in the P Company test, including a timed 20-mile endurance march, an aerial assault course, and a boxing contest over five days, passing where many men fail. The 28-year-old was awarded the Maroon Beret of the Paris on Tuesday, but won't be joining the regiment. Instead, she will be serving in the 7th Parachute Regiment Royal Horse Artillery, which is attached to Rapid Reaction Force, the 16th Air Assault Brigade. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.